is going on, Next Level Church? How's everybody doing? Good? Awesome. Well, welcome to the last weekend of our Rush series. This is week six of Rush, and we have been talking over the last several weeks, the last five weeks, on what it means to, to join the Rush, to re-engage the adventure of our life and what God has for us. And we've had some amazing weeks over the last several weeks. We opened it up, as Pastor Matt talked about, what it means to, to get out of this loop of sameness, that there's this loop of sameness that we live in sometimes. And how do we actually get out of that and engage everything that God has for us? And we talked about combating complacency. We talked about how God views us and how we should view ourselves. And then last weekend, Pastor Matt gave a message on taking someone with you in the journey, in the adventure of life. And I'm just telling you, if you missed last weekend, go back, watch the podcast. It was one of the best messages I've ever heard on taking someone with you in the adventure of life. But this is the last week of Rush, and it's been an incredible series. And we're going to zoom in on one last topic that I feel like has the ability to, to take us out of this, this circle of sameness and help us to engage the adventure of our life. And that idea this weekend is gaining wisdom. Gaining wisdom and what it means to gain wisdom in our life so that as we make decisions, we can actually make decisions that will get us out of the loop of sameness and engaged in everything that God has for us. Because I feel like over the last several weeks that maybe you've sat here, maybe you've been here and you've heard a lot of the messages and it sounds good and it sounds great about getting to that, that adventure that God has for you, but you've sat there and whoever was speaking that week and you've been like, well, pastor, that sounds great, but you don't know the, the, the circumstances of my life right now. You don't understand that the decisions I've made in the past there's, there's no way that, that I can get out of that loop of sameness. And I feel like this idea of gaining wisdom has the ability to get us out of the loop of sameness. Because here's what I believe when it comes to our decisions. I believe that we make our decisions. Nobody else. We make our decisions and our decisions make us. That nobody else makes our decisions. Nobody else. We make our decisions. And our decisions make us who we are today is completely based on decisions we've made in our past decades ago, years ago, months ago, or even last week or yesterday. And who will be tomorrow is based around decisions that we make today. Like, I don't know about you, but when I, there's this, this thing, this running theme in my world about what I eat. And, and, and like, I love, I love eating and it's just, it's just, Every, I just love it. It's great. Um, my day revolves around what I eat most of the time. So in the morning, like every morning I get up and I make this decision in my head. My wife's always in the kitchen and she's like, we're going to eat healthy today for lunch at the office. I'm like, yeah, we are. And, and she's got like lentil soup. I don't even know what that is. It sounds horrible. And then like she's been making this salad lately with like organic salad dressing found on Pinterest. And I'm like, that sounds great, honey. Let's do it. And then something happens every single day at the office. 11.45 rolls around, and what sounded good at 8 a.m. does not sound as good at 11.45 when you're hungry. So here's what I do. I sneak out the back of the office, and I usually end up at one of three places, and one of those places is Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and uh, it, I go to Chick-fil-A, and I, I order the number five, 12 count. Not the eight count, the 12 count. Chicken nuggets. And, and I get my waffle fry, and I get my Coke, and I get two Polynesian sauces, and two Chick-fil-A sauces, 150 calories a piece. And I go to my booth alone or with friends or with people I don't know. I don't care. And, and I crush my 12 count and my waffle fry and I, every last bit of sauce that I can get out of. And I drink my Coke and I feel amazing. 
and I go back to the office and I feel great, but then I get home later at night and I, and I always I start to complain. I'm like, I'm, so, I'm such a slob. I'm so fat. All I do is eat. I'm going to eat, so I need to eat healthy. But I just, every, and my wife is like, well, you made the decision to go eat that. And I'm like, I know, you're right. So what I know when it comes to the way I eat is that I make my decisions and my decisions make me. <laughs> but for every single one of us, we make decisions, right? That, that there's a lot, of, a lot of Miami Dolphins fans in the house tonight. There's a lot of Tampa Bay Bucks fans Woo! in the house tonight. And you're both horrible. And, <laughs> but your fans, based, and I, I'm an Auburn fan, so I, I, I feel you. <laughs> um, I, I, you you're, you're one of the other based on a decision you made years ago. That some of you are lawyers, some of you are teachers. Some of you own a business, some of you work in retail, and that's not good or bad, any of those things. It's based on decisions you made coming out of high school or coming out of college when you got your degree. Some of you are phenomenal musicians. Some of you used to be phenomenal athletes. Maybe you're good at, at art or maybe you're, you're good in some type of hobby. Whatever that hobby is that you're good at, it's based on decisions you made years ago on what you were going to concentrate on in your life. Some of you are, are here this weekend, and that's because of a decision you made yesterday that you were going to be here at Next Level Church. Some of your kids right now are worshiping in our large group area across our four-year and our NLC kids' environments because of a decision you made yesterday to be here. See, we make our decisions, but our decisions ultimately make us. And I feel like that they're, 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 this is the idea that as we want to engage this adventure that God has for us, this could be the one thing, that if we can gain wisdom in certain areas of our life to make better decisions, then we can actually get out of the loop of sameness. And we can actually engage everything that God has for us. And years ago, I came across a verse in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16. And when I came across that verse, it changed everything as far as how I made decisions in my life. And that verse is in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16. It says this, it says, it says, how much better to gain and get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding rather than silver. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to choose understanding rather than silver? See, the author of Proverbs, even 2,000 years ago, whenever the the Bible was written, knew that that we would always chase money and gold. He knew that even then, and all the way 2,000 years later, that we would would chase this idea of money and gold, and there's nothing wrong with that. It it takes money to be able to live and, and do what we do in our lives. There's nothing wrong with that, but what he's saying is, listen, if you gain all the gold in the world, and you gain all the silver in the world, but you don't get wisdom along the way. If you don't gain understanding, then it means nothing. And for us this weekend, I feel like if we can wrap our head around four ideas, four areas that I feel like if we will gain wisdom in and start making better decisions based on these ideas, that we can actually engage the adventure that God has for us. And over the last several years, whether there's been interactions in the foyer, whether there's been interactions in my office, one-on-one, through Facebook, through email, I feel like there are four areas that us as a church, us as a group of people, that these are the areas that if we can get these things right, if we can get these areas right, then we can actually walk into everything that God has for us as a group of people that call Next Level Church their home. So here's what we're going to do. Open up your bulletin. You can follow along with me. There's some blanks. We're going to talk about four areas where we need to gain wisdom in order to make wiser choices. And the first area is this. It's our teachability. Our teachability. Proverbs 12, 15 says, The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to 
to advice. If you've been around Next Level Church for any length of time, you've heard us give our definition of teachability, and, and it's this. It's, are you willing to relearn everything that you think you already know? Are you willing to relearn everything you think you already know? That's our definition of teachability. See, fools think they know it all. The wise take advice. For the first couple years that I moved here, I worked at a construction company. You've heard me tell some of those stories and how awful I was at it. I'm still shocked to this day that they hired me because I know nothing about anything that has anything to do with construction or nails or hammers. But uh, we, we, one of the last jobs we won when I was at that, that company was this huge gymnasium out at Ave Maria University. There was this 40,000 square foot gymnasium and we had won several different portions of that job. But one of the big portions that we had won was what they called Division 10, which is all the bathroom accessories and all the bathroom partitions and all the, the random things that you would never think of of who would actually bring that and put that in. So we had won that portion of the job. And I've been working at, at this company for a couple years now, and I'd done several of these jobs, but this was probably the biggest one that I'd done money-wise as far as, as, as this particular division. And so what happens is, is when it comes to Division 10, bathroom accessories and partitions, it takes about six to eight weeks to order that stuff in. And it's the last thing that's done on a construction job that you can do the entire job, and the last thing that's done is the Division 10 bathroom accessories. So here's the deal. Nobody could care at all about the bathroom stuff, but everybody cares about the Division 10 bathroom stuff because that's what will keep an owner or a general contractor on the job. If that that part of the job doesn't get done right, they could stay on for weeks and get fined all types of money from the owners because they were supposed to be done at a certain time. So we go out, Ave Maria, I go out to this place. It's a huge job. I measure all this stuff. We get in, we order all of our stuff, and then the last week of the job, before they closed it out, we were supposed to send our guy out to install. So about 8 o'clock in the morning on a Monday, pretty typical while I was there for three years, my phone rang and said, hey, Kyle, man, this stuff's not fitting out here at Ave Maria. And I'm like, sure it is. I went out there and measured it. Of course it's fitting. It's fitting. It's, it's good. He's like, no, it's really not. And I'm like, great. So I drive 45 minutes out to Ave Maria University. I walk in, and sure enough, by quarter of an inch here, an eighth of an inch there, here and there, I had completely measured wrong. And we had to take all of our stuff back to our, our shop and custom cut it and custom fit it. And for the next three nights, I went out to Ave Maria and hung bathroom parts partitions till midnight and in soap dispensers and paper towel holders and women dis- dispenser things and I don't even know what that is but I'm like okay whatever I'll hang it I don't even know that they had those and 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 the moral of the story I wasn't teachable for years for two years they showed me how to measure stuff on plans they showed me how to go out and measure stuff for the job so that we could get it right the tr- I, I was unteachable because I would watch them and listen to them half-heartedly assuming that I knew it all assuming that I had it all figured out. And when I went out to actually do that job, I screwed everything up because I was unteachable. That this idea of teachability is the thing that, listen, fools think they know it all. The definition of teachability is, are you willing to relearn everything you think you already know? Fools think they know it all. The wise actually take advice. And I think that this idea of teachability is the one thing that every decision we make in our life is based around. That are we willing to take advice Or are we going to think that we know it all when it comes to the decisions in our life? And if we're going to re-engage the adventure that God has for our lives, it will be based around this idea of becoming and remaining teachable. The second area in which we need to gain wisdom in order to make wiser decisions is this. It's in our money. It's in our money. Proverbs 21.20 says, In the house of the wise are stores stores of choice foods and oils, but a foolish man devours all he earns. In the house of the wise, there's stores of choice foods. There's savings. There's extra money for a rainy day. 
but a foolish man devours all he owns. And I feel like this is the one area as I talk to so many people, as, as they come into my office or we talk through Facebook or we interact in the foyer, that this is the one area. It's like, man, you know, I feel like I know what God's called me to do. I feel like I know exactly what I want to do. I feel like, man, there's this opportunity. And then I look and I go, well, why don't you take that opportunity? And they go, well, man, we, we, we'd love to, but just financially speaking, we just can't do that. Financially speaking, we just, we're not able to, 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 take, to take that opportunity. See, the wise save a portion of what they earn. Fools devour everything that comes in. And I feel like so many of us live on this edge of everything that comes in. We live on this edge and we spend it all and wait for that last check to come back in. And we're stuck in this loop of sameness and we're stuck in this job. We're stuck in this career. We're stuck in this idea of we can't get out of it, move into what God's called us to do or everything that God wants us to do because financially speaking, we're just not able to. And so many of you, you pass jobs every day. Some of you have you've been offered jobs Husbands, that you know if you could take that, if you could take that job, even though it's a five or $7,000 pay cut, if you could take that job, you would come home and be a better husband and a better dad because you would, you would be using all the talents that God's given you to take, but you just can't do it because financially you're living on the edge and you're not making wise choices when it comes to your money. I know a, a guy just recently that, that had a huge door opened up for him. A huge door opened up for him, and he sat in my office crying, because not because of bad, but because of good, because he's actually able to walk in and take a $20,000 pay cut, because of the last 15 years, he made wise choices with this money, and his house is paid off, and his cars are paid off, and he could take that job and live the second half of his life and everything that God's called him to do, because he made wise choices in the past. Listen, if we are going to engage the adventure that God has for us, we have to make wise decisions when it comes to our money. I started looking some of this stuff up when, when I felt like so many people were telling me, I, just, I would love to do that, but financially speaking, I can't. And I started looking up some stats. In September of 2012, in America, in the United States of America, for people that own credit cards, we are $852 billion in debt when it comes to United States credit card holders. And the average credit card debt per household is $7,000 plus dollars for the person that's your neighbor, for the person that's at your workplace, for the person that's, that's in your family, for the average person that has a credit card in the United States of America, we are $7,000 in debt on our credit cards. And listen to this when it comes to the next generation. The average college student graduates with $20,000 of student loan debt. And we look on and we go, man, I feel like I'm stuck in this loop. I just can't get out of it. And I'd, I'd love to do this because I feel like God has called me to do that, but financially speaking, I just can't do it. Listen, we make our decisions, but ultimately, our decisions make us. So when it comes to our money, we have to make wiser decisions. Another area in which we need to make wise decisions is as far as engaging the, the life that God wants us to is in our family. It's in our family. Proverbs eleven twenty nine says, exploit or abuse your family and end up with a, a fist full of air. Common sense tells you it's a stupid way to live. Listen, the wise love their family. Fools hurt those they love. My brother is three years younger than me, and, and you, a lot of you have looked on at me and with my accent and stuff and gone, oh, well, you must be from the South in Alabama. I am, and I'm proud of that. And, but my brother is like the poster child for Alabama. Like he is, I mean, he, if you were to drive into Alabama, like there's a chance that he is on the sign like, hey, 
welcome. Like he is, man, he, he, he embodies what it means to be from the South, which I love about him. But we don't look anything alike. He's like 5'8", 260 pounds, bald-headed, wears like the hat with the, the hook on it and stuff. Like, and, he, and he is awesome, but we just, we just we don't look anything alike. We're totally different. We like different things. And, and for years, I, I remember my brother, I remember my brother through my high school years, and he was a couple years younger than me, just struggling with this identity thing. Struggling with, with who, he, who he was, that he would go from, from dressing and looking like a skater and skateboarding to a year later in Wranglers and a t-shirt and a cowboy hat to the next year he was in like khakis and a polo and then the next year he was wearing a letterman's jacket. Like he could never quite figure out who he wanted to be and I always was curious about that. And as I graduated college and I started to look back on our relationship with each other, I, I noticed that and I came across this idea and this feeling of, that was because of me. Because for years I exploited and abused verbally my brother. I made fun of him. I joked on him. I wouldn't allow him to be in my room. I would kick him out when my friends were around. I wouldn't let him hang out with me. Physically, just being brothers, I would probably be a little rough with him thinking it was funny, but to him it wasn't funny. And for years I watched my brother, someone that I love, someone that's in my family, struggle with who he was going to be because of decisions and ways that I acted. See, fools hurt those they love. The wise love people that God's put in their life as family. And me and my brother now, we have a good relationship, but I, I looked up at one point and I said, wow, how true is that verse? That at the end of it all, that if we use our family to gain, if we use our family to get a leg up in the family business, if we verbally or physically abuse our family, we're going to look up years from now and there's going to be a fistful of air. We're going to have nothing. And husbands and wives with your teenagers growing up, in years they're going to leave your house and they're going to go off to college and you guys haven't engaged your relationship in years and you're going to look up and there's going to be a fistful of air when they leave the house because you haven't spent time with each other in years. Students that are in here this weekend, that verse is actually talking about this idea that you can inherit everything that your parents have for you down the line, everything that your parents have for you. They're working to, to, to give to you, to, to hand off to you, to inherit. But if you're the one that's exploiting your parents if you're the one going behind their back doing things, if you're the one that's verbally yelling and screaming and telling them they're stupid, you're going to look up years from now when it's your turn to inherit everything they have and you're going to look up and you're going to have a fistful of air. You're going to have nothing. See, the wise love their family. Fools hurt those that they love. And listen, I, I, this weekend in a room this size, I can't imagine there aren't people in here who have been hurt by their family, that a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, somebody in your life hurt you. And you've never gotten over what happened in your past because of the way a family member treated you. And you've never re-engaged the adventure of your life because you're stuck in this loop of sameness. And some of you have been stuck there for decades, for years, because of something a family member did to you. And if that's you sitting in here this weekend in any of our services, can I just say I'm sorry? I'm sorry that happened to you. I'm sorry that a family member didn't love you. I'm sorry there was a family member that was a fool and they hurt you. And they exploited you and they verbally abused you, maybe even physically abused you, that you are hurt and you're still stuck today in this loop of sameness because you've been hurt by a family member. I'm sorry. But let me say this on the other side. I'm sure there are some of you here 
today and now you're treating your family the same way that you were treated. And if you treat your family the same way that you were treated, then the Bible would call you a fool as well. See, our responsibility as a family member is to gain wisdom so that we can make better decisions in our life when it comes to being a father and a mother and a husband and a wife, a brother and a sister. And we will never be able to re-engage the adventure of our lives until we are willing to look in the mirror and deal with the issues in our own life when it comes to our family. The final area in which we need to gain wisdom in order to make wiser decisions is this. It's in our relationship with God. In our relationship with God. Listen, I think this could be, this could solely be the, the, the biggest area as I've talked with so many of us over, over a couple years here and even over the past months of, of you feel like you're stuck in this loop. You feel like you can't get out. You, can't, you feel like you can't, can't go and be everything that God wants you to be. I feel like this could be the one area where if you would gain wisdom, if you would listen to this advice this weekend and go and make better decisions, this could be the one thing that gets you out of that loop of sameness, our relationship with God, because I feel like I meet so many of us that, man, your life was struggling, your relationships were bad, financially speaking wasn't good, your job wasn't good, your marriage was struggling, the relationship with your kids was bad, and then you found Next Level Church. And things started to get better, and and the marriage started to heal, and your your kids started to love coming to church, and, and stuff got better at your job, and finances started to get better. And things started to get better and, and you were at Next Level and you were here and you were at two services a weekend and you were worshiping and you had joined a service team and you were serving. You found a connection group, that a group of people that were helping you. And you were here and you were fully engaged. But as life started to get better, as things started to get better, you disappear. And it's like, hey, have you seen Jim? Well, no, you know, it's been several weeks. I don't see him in the section where he usually sits during the service that he, that he always comes to. And so it's like you find the, the service team, yeah, you know, he's not responding to any of my requests to serve. And you find his, the connection group leader's like, yeah, you know, he was faithful for five or six straight weeks and then he just disappeared and he's not answering any of his text messages. That everything was bad before we found this place and then God started to heal us and God started to get our life back in order and then we disappear. And then several months later, a Facebook message comes in or an email comes in or we run into each other in the foyer. And it's like, hey, how's it going? And you look down and you look at it and you go, you know what? Same thing, same stuff happened. Same thing, I'm right back where I was before, you know, six months ago. And here's the deal, you're not mad at yourself. You're mad at someone else and you're bitter at God for the decisions that you made. And I don't mean to sound rude or crude. If God is working in your life and things are getting better, that's not the time to disappear. That's the time to lean in even more. But I feel like I talk to so many people who are here and life is good and they're engaged and then when things get better, you leave. And then you come back and you're mad at someone else and you're mad at God instead of being mad at the decisions that you made in your life. Listen, our God, he's not an ATM machine that we just show up to. And we get what we need and then we leave. And we don't come back and visit it again until we need the same thing again. That's not who our God is. Our God is a day-by-day-by-day-by-day relationship. 
He's not an as-need God. He's not show up when you need something and then leave when everything's good again. No, he's day by day by day by day. So that when there are things in your life that you're hurting and struggling with and there are decisions that need to be made based around your family and in your marriage and with your kids and in your job and there's financial problems or you're hurt or there's pain, yes, then you can lean into God and you can deal with those things. But he's also a God that when things are good and your marriage is thriving and your kids are doing great and the finances are good and the job is good and healing's taking place, he's also a God that's good for that as well. He's not just here for when we're hurting. Yes, he's here for that, but he's also here for us when things are going good. But I feel like so many of us with our relationship with God, we lean in strong when things are bad, but we lean away when things are good. I had a baseball coach tell me one time, uh, my senior year of college, uh, I was I was O for my first 30. I, I couldn't hit water if I fell out of a boat. It was awful. I, I was supposed to have a decent year. I was a senior and I'd played for three years already. And I should have had a good year. I should, I was, it was horrible. I couldn't hit anything. You could have told me what was coming and I couldn't have hit it. It was awful. But So I was 0 for my first 30. And, and I remember my coach coming down about six or seven games in down to our indoor batting cage. And he found me down there. And I was just taking extra swings off a tee. I had somebody down there throwing to me. And I was taking swing after swing after swing after swing because things were bad. And I had to work on it. And I had to get better. But I will never forget what he said when he came down there. He looked at me and said, Kyle, that's awesome that you're down here when things are bad. That's awesome that when you're struggling, you're down here and you're trying to get better. But the truth is there's probably something wrong in your swing. So you're probably practicing something that you can't even find over and over again. And you're starting to to have this muscle memory towards the things that are, are wrong in your swing. But here's the truth. Eventually you'll come out of that slump. And promise me this when you do. When you go 15 for your next 30... When you, go, when you hit 500 and you're as hot as you can be and the baseball looks like a beach ball coming in and you're just hitting the ball all over the park, promise me that when you get hot like that, that you'll be back down here more than you are now practicing that swing over and over and over again because things are good and as you repetition, as you practice that repetition of the good swings, then that's the swing you want to take from here on out. He said, listen, don't just come down here and practice when you're doing bad. Make sure that when you're doing good, you're down here even more. And I feel I'll never forget that because I feel like our relationship with God is the same thing. Listen, is it good to be here when things are bad and things are struggling and there's pain? Absolutely. But don't disappear when things are going good. Our God's bigger than that. He's not just here for the pain. He's here for things that are good because that's when you can lean in even more and learn how big our God is and lean into his wisdom. Our God is definitely here when things are tough. But he's also here when things are good. So those are the four areas. Those are the four areas that I feel like, as I talk with so many of us that are here at Next Level Church, that those are the four areas that we struggle with is this idea of our teachability. So let me ask you the question, are are you teachable? Are you willing to relearn? Are you willing to, to make decisions that you think you already know the answer to, but somebody else might give different advice? Are you teachable? When it comes to our money, are you, are you living on the edge? Are you living on the edge every month? Are you being wise and you're putting some away for a rainy day so that when God opens that door or God gives you that opportunity, you can walk wide through it. You can walk straight through the open door and not have to use the excuse of, well, financially speaking, I can't do that. How's your family? How's your family? Who do you need to forgive so that you can move forward in everything that God has for you. 
Who do you need to stop exploiting and abusing verbally in your family? Because it happened to you as well. Who, who do you need to forgive this weekend as you walk away from here? How's your family? And then finally, how's your relationship with God? Is it on an as-need basis? Or are you also pressing in when things are good as well? So those are the four areas that I feel like we need to gain wisdom in. So that's great, Kyle. Awesome. How do we gain wisdom? Three quick things that are in your bulletin. Lucky for us, the Bible tells us how to do this. The first one is this. It's through prayer. It's through prayer. James 1 through 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Uh, That's as simple as it can go. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives what? Generously to those that ask for it. If you're facing decisions in your life, with your family, in your marriage, with your kids, in your finances, at your workplace, whatever those decisions might be, and you feel like you just don't know the answer, can I encourage you? Just ask God for wisdom. It doesn't have to be anything crazy or or super... Just close your eyes and say, God, I don't feel like I have wisdom in this area of my life. And I'm asking you, show me the right thing to do. God, grant me wisdom in this area of my life. The Bible says that through prayer, when we ask God, he will grant us wisdom. For me, every single day, I, I, I soap what's on our soap guide, but I always, most of the time, try to find time to read a proverb a day. There's 31 proverbs in the Bible. Usually in each month, there's 31 days. So whatever day of the week it is, if it's the 21st of the month, I'll try to read Proverbs 21. And then I'll pick one verse and I'll soap on that verse. So for me, that the book of wisdom, Proverbs, if I'm soaping on one verse a day, that'll just start becoming who I am. Those things, will be, those, those things will be put into my heart. And as I have to make decisions, I'll be making decisions based on the wisdom of God from his Bible, from the book of Proverbs. I would encourage you, if you've never done that, try that. If you've never soaked, start in Proverbs. It's an incredible incredible book with so much wisdom and so many little nuggets that you can pull out of and start implementing into your life. The first area that we can, first place we can gain wisdom is through prayer. The second is through the church. It's through the church. When I started attending Next Level five years ago, it wasn't Next Level Church that changed my life. It was God who changed my life through Next Level Church. That Next Level Church offered an expression of God and of Jesus Christ that I had never seen before in such a life-giving way and gave so many opportunities to jump in and serve and so many things to take home like soap guides and our soap books and offered places like prayer and fasting once a month and offered connection groups all across Southwest Florida that I could jump into. And when I started engaging those areas of my life, that's when I saw myself start making positive changes and start making decisions in my life that were, that were full of wisdom and they, they were wise choices. And I saw my life start to change. So let me ask you this. When it comes to the church, how often are you here? Is it a, if I can make it, I'll be there? Listen, I get it. There's a lot of distractions in Southwest Florida. I I understand. We offer five opportunities. Listen, we offer five. Being here two out of every four weekends and then not being on a service team, not going to a connection group, not soaping, if that's all you're doing, it's going to be tough to gain the wisdom that you need to make the choices that life has to offer to you every single day. So let me encourage you, man, if, if, you're, if you're someone who every, you know, every other week you kind of make it here and you've never jumped onto a service team, you've never been to a connection group, let me encourage you, make a commitment from here to the end of the year. 
So you know what? I'm going to make it a priority to be at church on the weekends. We don't offer a lot of midweek stuff, so if you're not here on the weekend, you're missing the, a big portion of what we do with worship and, mess, and our messages and all that stuff that you can implement into your life. It, would you make a commitment? If you're someone, if you looked across the landscape of the last six months and how often you're at Next Level, if you're only here every other week, would you make a commitment to try, from here till the end of the year? Be here. I promise you there's wisdom that's found in the church. If you've never served, if you've never gotten into a connection group, come to our Discover event tomorrow night from 5 to 7. And then the next week is Discover Your Place. Listen, where you can find wisdom is through the church and the leaders that God's granted wisdom to, whether it's connection groups, service teams, people on our staff, pastors on our staff. That's who you can gain wisdom through to help, help you make decisions in your life. So the first place to find wisdom is in prayer. The second place is through the church. And the third and last place is through experience. How do you gain wisdom? You gain wisdom through experience. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Listen, every single one of us have a story in this place this weekend. And parts of our story are good, Parts of our story are filled with joy. Parts of our story are awesome. And then parts of our story are filled with pain and hurt and disappointment. Every single one of us have a story. You can look to your left, you can look to your right. Every single one of us have a story. And you might think that, man, well, you just don't know some of the decisions I've made. Listen, I don't care if you think you've made the worst decisions in the world, that there's nobody in this place that's made decisions as poorly as you have, that if you were to know things, if you knew some things about my past, that there's no way, yes, there is a way. God says it clearly. He says he will work all things, all your past experiences together for good. For those who are called to his purpose. Listen, there are things about my story that I'd be crazy embarrassed to tell you about. That five years ago, if you would have told me I'd be a pastor and that I'd be speaking to it, I'd have laughed in your face. But by the grace of God, he has worked all things in my life together for good so that I could walk in my calling and do what I do now. So listen, I don't care what your story is. There's nothing that you have done or can do that our God's not big enough to forgive. And if you'll gain wisdom from your experience, if you'll look back on some of the decisions you've made and make a decision this weekend to start gaining wisdom through prayer, through the church, and looking back on your experiences, if you'll leave here this weekend and start making better decisions, I know and I, for every single one of us that you can get out of this loop, out of this loop of sameness, out of this doom loop, and you can move out and move forward to everything that God has for you. There's nothing you've done that our God's not big enough to make good for his purpose. So here's my challenge for you this weekend. For some of us who have been following God for years, for decades, for all of us who, who call Jesus our Lord and Savior, what's one area 
What's one area of your life that if you started to make better decisions and if you started to seek wisdom so that you could make better decisions in that area of your life, which area would help you and get you out of this loop and start moving you forward to everything that God has for you? Are you teachable? Is it in your money? Is it in your family? Is it in your relationship with God? Maybe it's a completely different area. But if you would leave here this weekend and ask God in prayer for wisdom, if you would seek some wise counsel and let someone sit with you and help you, if you would look back on your experiences and start making better decisions in that one area, not two, not three, one area that you need to start making better decisions in, what would that area be? And what if you left here this weekend and you got after it? You just got after it. You prayed and you asked for wisdom and you found people that could speak into your life and you look back on your experience and say, you know what, no more. And God, I want you to use that experience to make it my platform, to work it together for good for you. What would that one area be? And I would encourage you, leave here this weekend and go attack it and get into the adventure, get into the rush that God has for your life. And then I think that we would be crazy this weekend not to offer the opportunity for so many of us that are here and you've been here through our Rush series or maybe you're here this weekend because somebody drug you and they said they'd take you to Fancy's restaurant afterwards. And I would come to church for that too. But you felt God tug on your heart a little bit. You felt God pull on your heart a little bit and say, you know what, it's been... It's been weeks, it's been, it's been months that I felt like God's speaking to me. You know what? I don't understand it all. I don't understand it all. I'm, sure, I'm still not sure that I get all of this stuff. I'm still not sure that I completely understand this. I'm not sure that, that, that my past isn't bad enough for God to forgive. Listen, nothing you have done is too big for our God. And I've, let me, if you've never crossed the line, in your heart, if you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and start leading your life, let me tell you, listen, the wisest decision you'll ever make is to start following Jesus Christ. So I want to give you an opportunity when we pray here in a second. If that's you, I'm going to give you an opportunity to to respond to that, but let's bow our heads all across this place right now and let's pray for the group of people who feel like, man, there is one area Maybe it is our money. Maybe it is our, our, in our family. Maybe it is in my personal relationship. Maybe it's something completely different. But if I could get that one area right, that I could engage so much more in my life that God has for me. And then let's pray for anybody that wants to cross the line with Jesus this week. And so with all eyes closed and head bowed, God, we come to you. Lord, and we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Bible, God. We thank you that you speak truth into our life. Lord, and we know that ultimately we make our decisions, but at the end of the day, our decisions make us. So God, for every single person sitting in here this weekend, God, in all of our services, Lord, I just ask that you would show them so clearly what area of their life that they need to start gaining wisdom so they can make better decisions in God. Because if they would just move forward step by step by step in that area of their life, they could actually engage the adventure that you have for them, God. That there's something better than the loop that they're stuck in right now. You have something so much better for their life, God. And I ask this weekend as they leave this place, they would just pray and ask you, God, for wisdom 
in that area, that they would pursue relationships in this church through service teams, through connection groups, so they can have people speak truth into their life. And ultimately, Lord, they would look back at their experience and go, you know what? It might have been bad, but I'm going to make better decisions from here on out. And Lord, for the second group of people here this weekend, for so many of us where, God, you've been tugging on our hearts for months maybe, for weeks, maybe even just tonight, and we don't understand it all, God. That's what I love about you, is that we don't have to understand it all to know that you're so big that you can forgive us for everything that we've done and that we can start a relationship, God, from ground zero with you and we can start walking forward in everything that you have for us. By your grace, we are saved. By your grace alone, We can have a relationship with you because of what Jesus did on the cross for us. So for any of you that are here this weekend, and listen, God's been tugging on your heart, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond on the outside for maybe what you're feeling on the inside. And if you want to cross the line with all heads bowed and eyes closed, we're not going to embarrass you. I just want to give you a chance to slip your hand up so that you can respond to what you're feeling on the inside. If you'll do that, one, two, three. If you'll slip your hand up, if you feel like God's been tugging on your heart, over the last several weeks, over the last several months. That's awesome. You can put your hand down after it comes up. That's incredible. Thank you. Wisest decision you've ever made. Wisest decision you've ever made. Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome. Let's pray. God, for everyone who's crossing a line in their heart, for everyone that's saying, God, I want you in my life. I want you in my life so that I can start gaining wisdom from you, Lord so that you can start leading my life, God, so that I can start making better decisions, wiser decisions in my life, God, so that I can move into everything that you have for me, God. Every single person that responded right there, God, I just ask that they would ask for forgiveness of their sins, that there's nothing you can't forgive. And Lord, you would start to grant them wisdom in areas of their life where they need to make better decisions so that you can start leading them to the rush and the adventure that you have for all of us. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in our church. Thank you for what you've done throughout this series. And in all of our services, everyone said, amen.